Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back again. Your automotive team, uh, a group of folks here in the studio. My name is Earl, by the way, and I'll introduce the others in just a moment. But we're here to help you avoid being taken advantage of. I use the term ripped off usually, but... Let's be a little more genteel. Uh, how not to be taken advantage of by car dealers when you're buying or leasing a car. And for that matter, when you're repairing or maintaining your car. You know, cars are a big part of our lives in America, really all over, over the world, and especially in Florida because we need our cars here. We don't have a lot of mass transit. And so we have to have cars and we have to buy cars. Uh, every four or five years, we go in, we buy another one, new or used. I think we actually increase the length of that cycle because we don't like going in to buy cars. Why? Car dealers are operating just like they did in the 20th century, 100 years ago. I mean, we've had car dealers for 100 years, and uh, they're entrenched in our culture. Uh, they are entrenched in a late-night TV comedy uh, you know, uh, jokes about car salesmen, jokes about car dealers. Uh, so we've, we've kind of accepted them because we've had to. I constantly remind the listeners to this show of the Gallup Annual Poll on Honesty and Ethics and Professions. And I apologize to you folks that hear this over and over again. Because we have a lot of regular listeners, but a lot of folks just don't understand why we are here and why we do what we do. The American public considers car dealers the lowest form in terms of retail. When they have to buy, <coughs> when they have to buy a vehicle, they detest the experience. Uh, buddy, I see you called in. Thank you very much. I'll be with you in just a second. Let me complete this thought, and we'll have Buddy uh, with us on the phone. Because callers are the name of the game. So, honesty and ethics professions are. A lot of businesses and professions in the United States, the Gallup poll went out and asked every year since 1977. They've conducted this poll every year, uh, over 45 years. And every year, car dealers have been at the bottom, the least honest and the least ethical. So that's why this show exists. We're here to help you navigate that minefield. Hopefully one day, laws will be changed, regulators will change. Uh, a lot of changes will happen. The franchise system for car dealers, maybe manufacturers will sell cars. To, uh, they're not allowed to now. They have to go through car dealers. And maybe your car, de- car buying experience will become a pleasant one. But until that happens, Earl on Cars, Earl Stewart on Cars is here, and that's why we exist. Now, we have a caller, Buddy, from West Palm Beach. Thank you very much for calling, Buddy. Uh, how can we help you this morning? Good morning. Buddy is also known as the old geezer. I've been on this earth for quite a long time. Uh-huh. And morning, uh, I think you're 100% right that the car buying experience is a lot worse than root canal. It shouldn't be, but that's the, the way it is. I called some weeks ago, and uh, you gave me some really good advice at my age i'm 80 years old do i buy do i lease and you said uh, at my age and at my stage that i shouldn't lease i should buy Mm -hmm. because 
something could happen. I could become uh, incapacitated. Sure. And uh, that really registered with me. But I have a question about leasing again. I see ridiculously low prices, $219 for a fairly expensive car for a sure. month. Sure. Um, what's the shell game going on there? With, with a with a lot of these low low monthly rates, yeah. what kind of uh, down payment do you have to put down on it? Well, you 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 know what it is, buddy. You just said a down payment. Uh, there's a law. Federal Trade Commission says that anything in an advertisement that modifies the payment material materially uh, has to be disclosed in the same font size and style and. It has to be clearly and conspicuously uh, shown alongside of the price. All the car dealers ignore that, and what they do is they put a large down payment in the fine print, uh, typically hidden, or if they're doing the TV, you know how that goes. They flash it on the screen so quickly. Uh, radio, they like to use the high-speed technique where they give all the disclosure for what would normally take a person a minute to say in 10 seconds, and you can't understand a word they say. So I've seen down payments as high as $10,000. A typical down payment on a lease would be $2,500. You rarely see any down payment less than 2000 Then, In addition to that, they require a lot of other cash out of pocket, like first payment sometime, security deposits, tax, and tag. By the time you add up all the down payments plus other out of pocket, you can be looking at three or 4000 which is about average. So if you're buying, if you're leasing a $50,000 car, mm-hmm. in order to get it in the area of maybe four fifty, five hundred dollars how much would you have to put down? I'm not that good at arithmetic, buddy. Maybe my son can tell me he, he is more hands-on. $50,000 car to get a payment in the $450 range. On a, of course, that would depend on the length of the lease. You, a typical lease is 30 Three years. Months. Three years, yeah. Buddy, that is really impossible to answer because every car has a different residual, every bank has a different uh, program. You can kind of get yourself in the bar- ballpark uh, with a little rule of thumb on figuring out an installment contract payment. So, figure mm-hmm. for every 10000 you finance, you're around $200 a month. Um, and that changes with interest rates, but that sounds uh, pretty close about now. Um, but yeah, it depends on the manufacturer and the program that they have. Uh, am I not coming through? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're coming through. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah, uh, we have these new devices, by the way. Hey, there I am. There uh, you we go. have these new devices <laughs> to prevent Sorry people hearing that. us coughing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of fig- tough to figure out on a lease. So, um, I mean, I can tell you right now, like a Toyota Highlander that's approaching $50,000 is going to have a lease payment probably in, um, in the upper fours, maybe close to $500, um, but they don't have a great lease program. So, that's the, that's the variable there. Yeah. Sure. I'd like to uh, get your opinion on electric cars. Electric cars uh, are the wave of the future. Uh, We'll see electric cars all over the place long before we see autonomous cars. People are talking about autonomous and ride-sharing and a lot of other exotic and they're not that exotic because they will they will be here one day. But the first that will be here will be electric cars. And uh, you hear a lot of talk about Tesla. Uh, you hear a lot of yes. talk about uh, BMW and Volkswagen and uh, even General Motors. Uh, all the manufacturers 
are going all the way in for for all electric cars. Toyota took a different tack and they changed their mind, did a 180, and they're coming back all the way for all electric cars. So uh, I, I think in five years, all electric cars will be very common. Really? Yes. Now, there are some glaring weaknesses in uh, cold weather spots. The charge lasts 40% less time. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, Minnesota and South Florida, two different ball games. Uh, I, the battery technology is moving at warp speed, and the new technology uh, that it will take isn't here today, but it will be here two years, three years, or five years hence. Uh, the, the, the whole, uh, I don't know what you call it, the intelligence explosion that we're having. You know, I read the other day that there are two billion inquiries on Google daily. Uh, Google uh, knows all, tells all. Um, yes. And with this huge uh, mass of data that we have available to us, and every device that you use today is adding more data, uh, uh, your, your smartphone, your PC, your, everything is, is, is uh, uh, building this huge massive da database. And then you've got artificial intelligence, and you put all those ingredients together, and what was uh, breakthroughs every 10 years, uh, you know, 20 years ago, or breakthroughs every 10 minutes today. And that's the reason everyone's confident and putting all their eggs in the electric basket. Uh, in Minnesota, uh, instead of having a 500-mile range, you might have a 300-mile range. And in Florida, you know, you'd have the five or six or 700-mile range. You know, you really don't need a huge range uh, if you've got, we're almost there today with a 300-mile range and enough charging stations. How many people need a car that's going to go over 300 miles in a day? Very few. Sure. I have one other question. Uh, you have a very busy block, and on this busy block, everybody's got an electric car. Is is that a problem about getting power from the from the uh, electrical power station? Uh, you know, that would be in an uh, expert field I don't have. Uh, Rick over here, uh, I can read his mind now because we've been together so long. Rick is talking. Yeah. Oh, he's not. I read his mind wrong. Uh, they, have a, they have a device, I believe, in Germany or another country where they uh, actually put a, a, a device, uh, a power source, down the center of the road. And it's built into their highway. So wherever your car goes, it's charging all the time. So you uh, you draw from that. Uh, really? Yeah. And uh, this theoretically uh, power could be supplied by solar because when I say technology is going at warp speed, uh, this type of uh, renewable power, uh, coal will will not be needed, and we will have enough fuel uh, and renewable fuel to power the electricity. Uh, the grid. All of this is a very complex problem. And a lot of people, a lot smarter than I am, are saying that these problems will be solved within five years. Rick, if you didn't know what I read my mind, what were you going to say? The From everything that I've been able to read on the latest Tesla figures and that, recharging the average electric car that's available right now uses about as much power as leaving a 100-watt light bulb or 150-watt light bulb on all night. Really? Wow. So it's like a, it's, they're really, because they charge at a slow rate for several hours, they don't suck a whole lot of power. It's, it's less than a television uses. I have no idea. That is amazing. I, 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 you probably didn't know that either, did you, buddy? 
No, I mean this is all new information. Yeah, that's that's startling, and, and that you know five years ago that wasn't true because there was a lot of conversation five years ago about hey, what's this electrical car stuff? You know, you're you're uh, you're talking about saving fuel, but think about the power it takes to uh, create the uh, charging of the batteries, and that was a big issue. And even Elon Musk, he was going to do a big thing with having uh, great big batteries in your garage that would. Uh, be sucking the power off the power grid at night when nobody needed it. The Tesla and, wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have, haven't heard him talk about that. So we invent something, and two weeks later, something better comes along, and that's where we're going now. I was talking before the show started with Rick. We have a, a speaking engagement. Uh, Nancy and I and Rick will be at the Cascades Men's Club in Boynton tomorrow. And we're talking about updating our what's hot and new in technology and cars because if we said something six months ago right. today, we've got to update what we're talking yep. about. Technology is moving so fast. Stu? Uh, there's a, another thought I just had. This is a, and, and most of our listeners probably won't care about it because who cares about us poor car dealers, but um, the changing the infrastructure um, at the dealerships so you can sell electric cars is a pretty intimidating and big thing to do. You can imagine a, uh, a car dealer with 500 new cars on his lot. Um, they don't use gasoline, so you have to have them all charged and ready to drive at all times. So you have to basically rip up your entire property to put in um hundreds of charging stations yeah. so if you think a consumer's got a bad putting a charger in his house yeah. uh, the, the billions of dollars that will be spent over the next 10 years to or buy uh, a bunch of extension cords you could do that but it's it's really freaking <laughs> me out because it's it's coming so yeah uh, buddy a uh, great question i uh it's so exciting i i i'm glad to see an old guy like you see i'm i'm a kid i'm only 78 so you're you're, you're 80 but isn't it fun you're one of these guys like me I'm sure you're going to have a big celebration (laughs) in 22 years. But I'm saying, and you're going to have you'll be blowing a hundred candles on that hundredth birthday cake. There you go. Isn't it fun keeping up with this kind of stuff? Uh, I've got friends of mine, and I know you do too, that are still uh, living in the 20th century. But you're living uh, all the way in the 21st, and you're excited about it, and it's fun, isn't it? Watching what's going on. My dad was born in 1892. And uh, and I can remember talking to him about uh, the advent of electric electric bulbs, uh, cars, telephones, and radios. And uh, here we are talking about you know uh, you know what are we talking artificial about? Artificial intelligence, space travel, artificial yeah. intelligence. It's crazy. Thanks again. Appreciate it, buddy. Call again. You're you're a great call. I really appreciate it. It was great Thank hearing you. from you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to give uh, our listeners the telephone number where they can reach us, and that is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two seven seven two four nine seven. Six five three zero. You didn't think I'd get it, did you? <laughs> it's I early. Hey, I knew we, you would get we it. have two hours of a fantastic show. And guess what, ladies? I have $50 for the first two new lady callers this morning. So give us a call. Say hey. Or give us a call. Share some information with us. And remember, youranonymousfeedback.com. You can go there, share your feelings, give us some well, advice on the radio show, how we can improve it. So all that and more, Mystery Shopping Report, sit back and enjoy the ride. Frank, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody today? 
We're Never great. felt better, Frank. Great. I uh, called you last Saturday. You did. Remember. Mm-hmm. We, I, I shook you up, I think. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> kind of re- re- a lot of people haven't tuned in. And go ahead, Frank. You want to? You want to? Uh, uh, you want me to summarize it, or you, or will you summarize your experience? Well, I uh, I called you last week because uh, of the Costco salesman. Right. Not the Costco salesman. Exactly. They didn't give me their, their, their sheet. Yeah, the uh, uh, Frank is a customer of mine, and full transparency, uh, Earl Stewart Toyota. I've been in the car business at that location since 1975, and I was a Pontiac dealer before that, 1968. So I am a I'm a car dealer, and I'm talking to you on the phone as a recovering car dealer. I mean, on the radio, and uh, I'm attacking a lot of other car dealers, and I'm come across sometimes as holier than thou. And it's like I do everything right, and everybody else should do everything right. So my customer, who's on the uh, phone right now on this radio show, Frank, came into my dealership and uh, on the Costco program, which I strongly advocate as being a good way to buy a car. Uh, Costco is a great company. Nancy and I shop there all the time. Uh, great prices. They treat the customers properly. Uh, you have to be a member of Costco, but it's a very reasonable price. And their auto buying program requires that the car dealers that participate offer you the lowest price that they will sell the car to anybody. And uh, they have a Costco price sheet that, that the Costco dealer is well, supposed to show the customer. Frank went into my car dealership uh, and talked to one of my salespeople and said that he would like the Costco price. The salesperson had given him a price, and he said you didn't need the Costco price because his price was the same. And then Frank asked if he could see the price go price sheet. And the price sheet, uh, he said, uh, either there wasn't one, uh, you, you can correct me, or you don't need to see the price sheet, and that's the way it happened. So Frank called up uh, yesterday, uh, last Saturday and explained it, and uh, I had a, um, a mild stroke, I think. I slumped over and was revived <laughs> because it was so embarrassing what had happened. And, yeah, that's that's the story. And we went back, or actually my son Stu went back, and uh, we had uh, some conversations and discussions. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we we think we got everything straightened out. I hope so. so I, sp- uh, yeah, I spoke to Frank a few times last week. So you, you picked up the new car. Tell us what happened. I picked it up last night. Got there at quarter to four. I left at seven o'clock. Too many papers to sign, mm-hmm. and I had a half hour of learning in the dark. So I'm I'm going to go back again this afternoon, and the salesman teach me some other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say thank you, and uh, it was a great experience. And I sent that link of that show to my Mullen Motors friend <laughs> in New York. <laughs> and they called. They actually they called me Thursday night, thanked me, and thanked you for the plug. Well, that's great, Frank. I, you know, I, I, this is talk radio uh, in space, and this is what I really wish we could have more of. People don't believe me when I say we like people to call the show and give their opinion and tell it like it is. You know, y- y- there's so many talk shows out there now where. 
it's a love fest between the host and the callers. And I think they sometimes they screen the callers. You know, you call in the Rush Limbaugh show. If you want to say something bad about Rush, uh, <coughs> you, you don't get to talk to Rush. you got to tell Rush how much you love him. And uh, we think it's far more interesting and entertaining. And I think the, the ratings on the show are better when there's legitimate honesty and controversy so here Frank came in and said hey Earl I mean these are my words not Frank hey Earl you're telling us how Costco is such a great program and what a good car dealer you are and I went into your car dealership and the salesman didn't do anything that you said he was supposed to do didn't give me the lowest price wouldn't show me the Costco and I just sat there with my mouth open and I said I'm sorry I apologize to Frank and we went back and I had a a heart-to-heart talk with our salesperson and management and really kind of stirred up everything. Uh, when you come across on the radio as holier than thou, it's kind of like uh, being a priest or a pope or, a, uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're a lawyer, you're held to a higher standard. People that profess to be honest are held to a higher standard. Rick, you have a point. Well, it, quite often when we do the mystery shops, we wonder if the guy that owns that dealership knows what's going on down in the trenches exactly. if he really knows what's happening down in those it, low yeah, ends they don't. and they they really you know they're they're insulated so much yeah. now you i can say because i've been i've worked for you for 25 years you probably have a better idea of what goes on in the bottom line of your dealership than most others thank you and yet this goes to show you know nobody's perfect yeah and but this 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 is why we're here, well, is tend, so that I if we to, aren't perfect, hey, let's let's try to make yeah. it better. Well, thank you, and I, I tend to think that some owners know but don't know, if you know what I mean. In other words, willful, willful yeah. ignorance. It's called plausible deniability. That's a legal term. Yep. Plausible deniability. And when someone up the chain, uh, up the food chain, uh, says, I didn't know about the embezzlement, I didn't know about the, the taking advantage of the customers, I didn't know about this, uh, the first thing the court needs to know when they sue him or try to arrest him is, did he have a reasonable, should he have known? And plausible deniability. Uh, but a lot of car dealers profess not to know. I think more of them know than, than, we, uh, than we realize. Frank, uh, thank you again and all those folks listening. Anybody, any customers of mine out there, I encourage you, if you see something wrong, at my dealership, I want to hear about it on the air live. We talk about other car dealers. I deserve the same treatment as they. And when somebody treats a customer wrong, if I treat the customer wrong, I want to talk about it right here on live radio. And Frank, thanks so much for being my customer and for telling the truth and making the show a more interesting show. Now imagine how Thank nice you. it would Thank be you. if all the dealers were that way. Yeah, Frank. Frank, thank you so much. Well, I have a comment. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have a comment on what you guys just said um, about dealerships, and I think that some of the owners of these dealerships they encourage the culture uh, with their salespeople, with everybody in the dealership, and it's total deception. And this is what they do every single day. But we here at Earl Stewart on Cars, we are trying very hard and we are achieving 
by giving you the necessary information that you need by reading a mystery shopping report. And uh, Earl is taking them down one at a time. Uh, I hope that uh, you'll take that as a compliment, uh, recovering car dealer. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers, so give us a call. Mark is holding from Fort Lauderdale. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. I want to talk to you about a service experience I had this week. Uh, I, I think you should mystery shop the service departments of some of these companies because I had a beauty this week at the uh, <laughs> oh, yeah? Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. Greco Chevrolet, you familiar with them? Which one Chevrolet? What Chevrolet? Greco Chevrolet. Oh, Greco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to hear the story. He's a relatively new Chevrolet dealer in South Florida. He came down from New Jersey, I think, and bought a bunch of car dealerships. And Chevrolet is one of about a dozen that he's bought down here in South Florida. Well, I bought three cars. I bought the first one when it was Marooning. Then I bought one when AutoNation owned it. And uh, then last last January, I bought one, the Greco ones, I think. Because I was very close to where I live. And mm-hmm. So far, with the sales, no problem. You know, the, the people change constantly. But I went in uh, Tuesday morning. I was driving by. I, put, I said, I'm going to get my oil changed. I'd like to make an appointment. So she said, when? I said, tomorrow morning at 9. Good. I show up next morning, <clears throat> quarter of 9. Walk in, and the late reception lady, she gets up. To, she takes my keys. Just thinks that she's going to direct me to a, uh, one of the guys in a little glass booth. Mm-hmm. The service uh, advisor, I assume. Right. And this girl's about nine, nine and a half months pregnant. She just, you know, I, I, was, I felt so bad when she got up. I, we could have done this sitting down, but she, mm-hmm. that was her, the way she did it. Every place she points me to waves her off. There, there's, and nobody, they're all by themselves, but they all waved her off. They were too busy to, to, to deal with my, whatever I had to deal with. So feeling bad, she takes my keys and writes my phone number. She goes, it's just routine service. We'll make it happen. We'll call you later. Mm-hmm. So I leave there. Now it's five and nine. So about quarter three, I give them a call to see where my car is. I've heard nothing. Mm. And a uh, different lady answers the phone. Very nice. And she says, who's your service advisor? I don't know. So she's... Fumbles around. I guess I'm on hold for a good five minutes. Mm-hmm. So she transfers me to somebody. Uh, the name escapes me, and uh, I get his voicemail. So uh, oh. I hang up. I call back. I said, Look, I don't want to talk to voicemail. I want to get my car by four o'clock. I got to go somewhere. So she says uh, he's sitting at his desk doing nothing. He's not picking up his phone. I said, because uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it, write your number down, go walk over, hand it to him, and he'll call you. About ten minutes later, he finally calls me. And uh, he starts, he says, I want to talk to you about your car. I said, well, you can talk to me about my car. I think talk, tell me what happened. Why has my car been here all day? I never heard from nobody. He said, uh, well, I've got your keys. You're getting really, really agitated. I didn't get your keys till 1 o'clock. I'm going, sir, I had an appointment at 9 o'clock. I was there plenty early. All I want to do is get my oil changed. Next, he, right, he turns around and he says to me, your car's ready to pick up, and he hangs up on me. Oh, wow. So now I'm, I'm like fuming a bit. My neighbor picks me up. I get down to get the car. I'm pulling the reception area. Now the, the, the lady that checked me in the morning, she's sitting in the back, probably because she's tired, and there's another lady out front. So she finds my papers, and I hand her my credit card. It was $49, what they did. And, uh, and she said, how did you make it out today? I said, Charles, I said, I'll never be back. And, uh, and you know, and she, like, it, it, was a, it was a question she had to ask, and she didn't even listen to the answer. I could have said I just jumped off the roof. <laughs> but uh, I could see she's paying no attention to me. So she hands me my receipt, and about that time, a guy's walking in with a, Greco shirt on, and he says to me, he says, you got to talk to the service manager. I said, I'd love to. So he says to the lady that just took my money, 
can you get a hold of so-and-so and so-and-so? Well, he had to say it three times, and finally on the third time, she picks up the phone and says, he's not in his office. I said, well, I don't know what that means. So now I'm standing there talking to this guy with a shirt on over his head. I don't know who he is. And I guess I stand there for a good five minutes, maybe more. I find a little girl, Sierra, comes out, and she's got a piece of paper in her hand. And she goes, are you, you know, Mark? I said, yeah. Just, uh, I talked to the service manager. We credited all your money back. Here's your, here's your receipt. I said, that's very nice. We didn't solve anything. Yeah. So nah. I'm thinking, it's time for me to get out the door. Now, here, here's, here's where some Earl Stewart wisdom comes in. The girl in the next booth waves me over. Glass, next glass enclosure, waves me over. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, they really care. She said, I'm so-and-so. I, I, could, I don't mean those, and I can overhear your problem. I said, oh, thank you. She goes, I'll give her my name, and, and she comes to the computer. She sees, you know, mm-hmm. two seconds she has me. She goes, I'm going to do something for you today to make say we're so sorry. I'm going to turn your OnStar back on. I said, you're going to do what? She goes, I'm turning your OnStar back on for six months for free. I said, are you the on-star sales person? She goes, yes, I am. I said, no, I didn't come here to get sold something. I didn't come here. I said, nice effort, nice try. I mean, you know, uh, and, 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 but with that, I, uh-huh. I took my paper, and, uh, and she tried to give me a gift certificate to a restaurant for uh-huh. an appetizer or something, and I went out the door and, and never going back. Three cars I bought there, I 100% loyal yeah. to, to their service, especially when it was Maroney. Again, Auto Nation, they were pretty good, but the people, yeah. it, it changed every time you go in there. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. This, this, these, these Grico people, their employee turnover has got to be unbelievable. Well, one of the biggest challenges, Mark, our service departments, and as I listen to your story, uh, again, in total honesty and transparency, we've had similar problems. Service is a real challenge, uh, especially in larger car dealerships. If you have a lot of customers coming in, the logistics, the scheduling, and clearly Grico hasn't got it figured out yet. Uh, one of the things that I would recommend you do is, first of all, have your maintenance done somewhere else. You don't have to take your car back to the dealer you bought it from. Uh, you can take it to an independent, for that matter. I've got a copy of Consumer Reports in my hand. It's the, uh, let's see, it's the February edition, and they have an uh, article in there, Auto Repair Shop Ratings. Independent shops with high ratings in, in our area, you have Napa Auto Care, uh, you have... Uh, uh, Firestone, you have uh, Tires Plus, you have Pep Boys. All of those have good ratings by the uh, Consumer Reports. They also break down the ratings by different manufacturers. But if you find a good technician or a good independent or another dealer that can do your Chevrolet service, you don't have to take it to the Chevrolet dealer, <coughs> Grico or any other Chevrolet dealer. Find one that will give you quick, efficient service. You got an oil change, you want to be in and out in an hour, hour and a half max. Uh, to be there all day like that is crazy. And what Grico tried to do was nice. You know, they didn't charge you. Um, that was a nice thought. Uh, they wanted to give you the free OnStar. That was a nice thought. But like you say, you didn't come in there for that. You came in there to get your oil change and get out and have the rest of your life back for the rest of the day. So uh, my recommendation to you is change your uh, Try, give give uh, Tires Plus or Pep Boys a change and see how that goes. Well, I'm definitely going. I'm, de- I'm never going back in, in their dealership again. I actually went on your on your website looking for yeah. a Chevy dealer here that you recommend down South Florida, but yeah. there isn't one. No. You no, know, you're better off. You know, uh, you're best and bad. Good yeah. and bad guys. There's no good Chevy dealer. Yeah. But that is the biggest challenge of any car dealer. I'm a car dealer, and I have to be honest with you. My my service department is open seven days a week, and 
people come in. Uh, we operate about 75-80% by appointments, but a person has to come in without an appointment. He has to come in. He's got something he needs done. And we're not as efficient as I'd like to be either. And all car dealers have this challenge. Uh, and I, I recommend to anybody, other than warranty work, if you can find a good technician, independent or otherwise, they can get you in and out quickly at a fair price. Use them and the car dealer what you have to for warranty work. I, I think that's, saying, I, that's good advice. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm, I'll never step foot in it. And again, I bought three cars there. Yeah, so I understand. That, 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 that string of events is over. Yeah, you think they owe you uh, efficient service, but unfortunately car dealers haven't figured it out. And it's not just Greco Chevrolet. Most car dealers of any size really have a challenge in their service departments. The better they are, the bigger they are, sometimes the bigger challenge. So uh, uh, the independents seem to have got it figured out uh, than most car dealers. I have to be honest with you. I'm a car dealer, and I'm confessing. That is the fact. Well, your show is fantastic. My buddies live up in the Stewart area, and before they go fishing on Saturday mornings, they listen to you. And uh, that's how I that's how I found out every show. I've been listening for about six months. Mark, please call again. We, your, your call was great. I tell you, yeah. your passion couldn't be uh, made up. You were really angry, and you had a right to be. And please call again. All right. Thanks again. Right. Glad you could share it with yeah. us. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And remember, you can text us. You can text us at, uh, excuse me, uh, 772-497-6530. And remember, you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report this morning. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I think that uh, I'll hand it over to you. Okay. I think we have a couple of postings or texts that came in. We do. Stu's got a mark on the pad there. That's right. Uh, the first one came in. Actually, we have another one, but I'll start with the first one. Okay, so <clears throat> buying a car out of state. They keep telling me they need to collect my state's taxes and titling fees in Missouri. How does this work when you're tax-exempt in Missouri if you sell a car within 60 days for more than you bought your new car? So say I buy a car in Florida for $20,000 and sell mine in my home state a day later for $25,000. If I don't have to pay sales tax, why does the dealer in Florida demand it regardless? And I think I could I can address this. Well, I'm glad you do because I don't know the answer. Well, I kind of don't know the answer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to navigate my way oh, through this. Oh, you're going to fake it. Okay. I'm not going to fake it. Um, I, here's something I do know, and this is a fact, uh, that... Um, when you're buying a car out of state, um, depending, some states are considered reciprocal um, with the state where you're buying the car. So that means uh, if you're buying a car in Florida, let's say you lived in North Carolina, and now I'm, don't quote me on this because I don't know if North Carolina is mm -hmm. reciprocal. If the states are recipro reciprocal, Florida would collect the sales tax, and that money would go to, um, to the state where you're registering the car. Mm -hmm. Some states are not reciprocal. So that means you buy the car, you do not pay sales tax, but you pay sales tax in the state where you live uh, when you register the car. Mm -hmm. So to answer the question about Missouri, um, you need to insist uh, to the Florida dealer that they contact the DMV in Missouri and work this out because you're right, it doesn't make any sense that you're going to have to cough up uh, thousands of dollars in sales tax only to get it reimbursed later. There's, there's something here that doesn't make complete sense. Yeah, And if uh, the dealer 
won't do that for you or doesn't have the expertise to do it, then you need to call, talk to the Department of Motor Vehicles Correct. in Florida. And they would, I, I do know it's a big problem. We got 50 states, and uh, I know from experience the most difficult state that we have to work with is Massachusetts. Yes. And uh, there <coughs> the, are other the states. Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Commonwealth of Massachusetts. <laughs> and there are other states. All states have different laws. So uh, car dealers, the most valuable. Uh, slight exaggeration, the most valuable employee in most car dealerships is a really good title clerk, mm-hmm. the person that understands all the DMVs all over the United States about policies and procedures. Because in Florida especially, we have a lot of snowbirds. They come here in Florida, buy a car, then they go home. And you have to know two sets of title laws, Florida's title laws and the other 49 states. So it is really a good title clerk is worth yeah. his or her weight in gold. If you have a title clerk that's not that good, then go to the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, and they will advise you. You're not exaggerating. I'm telling you, we get questions all the time, and it is mind-boggling. I have a sister who's selling me her car in Alaska, and we're shipping it to North Dakota, and I'm getting a, it's going to be titled in my grandfather's name, and the loan's going to be in my name. How much do I pay in sales tax? And we look at them and go... It's time to call our title clerk. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, we have uh, it's not our title clerk, but we have a woman named Janet Getz that uh, probably knows more about uh, title law in all states than any person I know. So if anyone has a real hard problem, uh, you can text us, well, and I'll forward it to... Uh, well, I have to be uh, in true transparency. When I saw the text, I texted Janet. <laughs> I said, help me out quick. <laughs> We're going to get to this text, and uh, yeah. I haven't heard back from her yet, and she's off today. That's fine. And... Uh, so I winged it, and I think we did okay, right? Oh, we did absolutely. Okay. Um, we have a text from Anne-Marie, who is, um, she's, just, she's a great texter. She comes up with some great questions, and she listens every Saturday. So hi, Anne-Marie. So uh, Anne-Marie says, um, good morning. I see where Tesla is saying they will close their showrooms to save money. How is anybody supposed to buy a Tesla, get it delivered, and get it fixed if something goes wrong, if there are no showrooms or dealerships? Thanks. I saw the uh, news on that, and that really uh, was interesting, Anne-Marie. Uh, Tesla is, you know, is uh, confronted with a cash flow problem. In fact, it was yesterday that there were a lot of uh, loans that had come due. They owe uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge to Elon Musk and Tesla to survive. And one of the things that he's had to do is close his uh, brick-and-mortar stores around the United States. Uh, he won't close all of them. Uh, in some states, it's very complicated. In some states, the law requires that you have a facility, that you have a physical presence in the state if you're going to sell cars in that state. Uh, I, I have to believe the Tesla will, will keep uh, facilities in states so where they can service a car. And in those same um, facilities, they'll probably have cars that you can drive. I can't imagine them being able to sell cars entirely online without cars being out there in the 50 states that they can look at. I mean, if you want to buy a new Tesla, people like to look at it. Maybe they'd have some setup where people that already have a Tesla could get a credit from Tesla if they let you come and look at their car and drive their car for a little bit 
to see if you want to buy one. Well, forward that to Elon Musk. Almost like a peer-to-peer thing. <laughs> that's, a great idea. that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I'm going somebody to Somebody's going to call up and say, I want to buy. Uh, okay, I want I, I need to test drive your car. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, it's a very interesting uh, thing. I, there was a clip on this same article, Anne-Marie, and I was trying to get the video on it. I wanted to play it because the discussion uh, proceeded to one of what is going to happen if Tesla is permitted to sell cars entirely online. Uh, what if the states make this okay? Are the other car dealers, manufacturers, I should say, will they follow suit? In other words, when you stop and think about it, I'm a manufacturer, let's say I'm General Motors. And I've got all these car dealers out here, thousands of them. And I have to service them. I have to work with them. I, I mean, they're problems. I mean, they are a big responsibility. If I'm General Motors, wouldn't I rather just sell all my cars directly, like Apple sells iPhones and Macintosh computers? It would be a lot easier. Then I could have showrooms where I could show the General Motors cars, and I could have show. I could have areas where I could fix them. Why do I need all these car dealers that make everybody so angry that they have to have a show like Earl Stewart on Cars to keep car uh, car buyers from being taken advantage of? They have to so, fight that car dealer lobby, though. So the the debate, right? The debate on CNBC Squawk Box the other day was about this, and the people on Swap Box were saying, what do we need car dealers for? And then it got into the discussion of we can't not have car dealers because we have state franchise laws that entrench them. I've talked about this before. Car dealers are protected species. You can't eliminate car dealerships because state laws protect them. And there we are, full cycle. But uh, Anne-Marie, it'll be interesting. Uh, Elon Musk and Tesla is going to really throw the gauntlet down and it's going to get a lot of people thinking when they close all these facilities around the United States and they start selling these cars online, a lot of people are being are going to be thinking, what do we need car dealers for? Elon's going to start writing a lot of campaign uh, checks, a lot yeah. of campaign contributions. Exactly. And as a car dealer, it's frightening to me. I've been in the business since 1968. That's my livelihood. That's where I make my money, my son, my, my wife. That's all right. My three sons. We'll, we'll, do radio. we'll just do radio full time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to become. <laughs> but it is, we talked earlier about things changing in technology. We're talking about the way cars are being sold will change. Just a question of when. Nancy? It, it is going to change. Uh, the gentleman they were interviewing yesterday when you were trying to tape that uh, complete interview, you know, he talked about the infrastructure, how important it was that the consumer wants to sort of shall I say, touch it, feel it, smell it kind of thing. And uh, the car industry is going to change, but to what depth, what length, he didn't know. Okay. And just because the infrastructure is someplace that a person wants to go. Uh, I think we have a caller. Uh, I'll give you that. Uh, Stu, do you have another text yes, until he writes we that do, up? But we got we got Doug, and I'm th I'm thinking maybe Ollie is is, oh, is on the line. Oh yeah. Okay, that's right. It could right. be a different it, Doug. We don't know is, yet. It is Doug from Boca <laughs> with Ollie and his wife. Good morning, Doug. Hey, hey, don't Where, scare Ollie. Where are you guys? That's not Ollie. Oh no, no that's hard. Dog. That, that's Rudy uh, uh, tormenting Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a meow. Did you hear that, Doug? <laughs> yes, I did. I heard that. That's so that's Rudy morning. in our control room. He's got a sense of humor. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about this thing with uh, buying cars online. Mm -hmm. um, 
after after uh, leasing our cars from Honda, um, it was actually Delray Honda. Mm-hmm. I put I put up a good fight and I won, but still, the amount of uh, aggravation dealing with some of these dealerships is just crazy. And I used to produce, you know, commercials for, I mean, at least nine, ten dealerships. So I figured, you know, even when I was doing that, you know, they were still difficult. Doug, do you know who owns Delray Honda? No. Warren Buffett. That's up. You got to be kidding. No, uh, he, really? Uh, yeah, Warren Buffett owns Delray Honda. It's the, of course, Berkshire Corporation. Warren Buffett is uh, the head guy, and then he, they also own uh, Deerfield, Deerfield Toyota. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was uh, Van Tile Auto Group owned it, and then Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, bought out the Van Tile Auto Group, and that was owned. That's uh, Delray Honda. Uh, it's it's interesting that they. I, I think uh, I don't know the the dealership very well. We should shop them, but they seem a cut above. I wish you would. Yes, I wish you would. Um, I used to produce commercials for that Honda dealership, but they used to be called um, Who Would Sherwood. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I did those commercials. That's right. if you remember those? I do. Who yeah, would? yeah. Sherwood. I was friends with the. Who would? I Sherwood. was friends with the whole uh, Sheehan family, Butch. Uh, Sheehan and Sherwood Sheehan and uh, Tom Sheehan, uh, family-owned dealership, and I've known them for many, many years. Wow. I Bu- remember... Um, Bush was an unusual Sherwood. guy. Sherwood is an interesting character, but I guess he was upset one day, so he called me in, and I just did the commercial. He said, what's going on with my air time? <laughs> and I go, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> And he was, he was pretty hot. Yeah, <laughs> interesting guy. But I was going to say the online thing seems to me like that would be the future um, because people, they don't have a lot of time. And, and I know maybe, maybe the cars could just be delivered to the house, you know. And exactly, <laughs> exactly. There you go, you got your car. And um, Yeah, the cars are, are pretty, if, if you can drive one Honda Civic, you're pretty sure that the, the Honda Civic you take, buy online will be exactly like that. And uh, they've got a reputation. You can check them out. Uh, I think online is definitely a wave of the future. And in terms of servicing cars, there's so little service required now that the service centers could be very basic. There was a time when you know cars were very uh, difficult to service and take care of, and they broke a lot and required a lot of maintenance. No longer the case. And when we get all electric, it'll even be less of a problem to service the cars because they require practically no service whatsoever. I can see it now. Earl Stewart from the Sunrise Club, and, and there's cars on the beach. <laughs> Earl is going, Look at the sunset. Look you at the move, You got to move to Daytona for that. <laughs> You know, I try to keep, I try to keep it non-commercial because the sunrise is kind of like my transcendental meditation. What Doug's talking about, a lot of our listeners are wondering. Uh, every morning, Nancy and I go out, and we we actually live video on Facebook the sunrise. We've been doing it for years, and it's it's really a a fun time. Doug is a member of the Sunrise Club, 
and we go out there and we watch the sunrise. That's all we do. And, and we see some dogs on the beach. It's turtle season, so we'll see some uh, <laughs> we'll see some turtles uh, laying eggs, and we'll see boats going by, and we talk and chit chat. We have hundreds, even thousands of people. We have people from Australia and South America and all over the world, Egypt. Uh, it's really kind of cool, isn't it, Doug? We have it's, we have it's fun. It's really grown. So, all you Sunrise Club members. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to thank you guys for all that you do and um, and keep doing what you're doing. You're you're great people. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thank Thanks, you, Doug. Doug. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, did you know the Consumer Report launched the Auto Edition? The auto issue, mm-hmm. seventy-one years ago. Wow! Really? Yeah, seventy-one I years ago. Guessed. I was seven years old. And uh, it, that was in uh, 1948. Wow! I, I honestly thought like Consumer Reports like came to be in the 70s or something like that. You know, after the, you know the post Nader, you know the Consumer Revolution. Yeah, that's weird. And well. and their birth was in 1936. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great news. Well, we got another, another text here, don't we, Sue? Yes, we do, and we have a text from a regular listener, caller, and texter. This is Don and LaBelle. Ah. Uh, Don says, or asks, uh, would a salesperson in a no-dealer-fee store earn more commissions on average than selling in a store with dealer fees because the latter would not get paid on the dealer fee? And so salespeople should seek to work where there's no dealer fee, correct? Don and LaBelle. That's exactly right, Don. In fact, I did a blog on... Uh, I think the title was uh, uh, Join the Witness Protection Program, Car Salesman, and it had to do with asking car salespeople to contact us regarding a class action suit on the dealer fee. And in the blog article, I made that very point that the dealer is not only taking advantage of the customers by sneaking the additional profit into the price after he advertised the car or quoted the price, he's also taking advantage of the salespeople. Uh, car salespeople, typical pay plan in Florida, would be 25% of the profit you make on a car. So if a car salesman, make, a car dealer makes a $1,000 profit on a car, the salesman makes $250. Now, if the car dealer makes a $1,000 profit on the car, plus he has a $1,000 dealer fee, the car dealer makes $2,000 profit, but he only pays the salesperson $250, so he gets only half the commission he should. That's called a pack, by the way, which is another thing. They yes. they get um they get uh, drawn through the ringer uh, on, in in multiple ways. So yeah. the dealer fee is basically profit that they set aside, and they apply their commission rate on the rest of it. Yeah. But they also take out arbitrary amounts out of the uh, out of the commission. I mean, out of the profit called a pack. So they might have a five hundred dollar pack. So yeah. before they apply your your percentage, they remove another five hundred or a thousand yeah. out of the profit. But I think that the car salespeople, I know we got car salespeople listening, uh, someone should rise up, go out and hire an attorney. I mean, I hate, you know, I don't like to advise anybody to hire a lawyer. Uh, I think that there's uh, so many other ways to resolve issues without lawyers. We have more lawyers in Florida than anywhere else, I think, in the country, and we have more uh, lawyers in the country than any other country in the world. Uh, so I've, I've got a problem with lawyers. But I'm still going to say... If you're being taken advantage of and you go to your car dealer and you say, look, uh, you make, uh, we shopped, we mystery shopped a dealer uh, today that has a $2,000 dealer fee, I believe. Or was it $1,400? Approaching $2,000. Yeah. When you had, he had three dealer fees. So let's say it was $1,500 dealer fee. 
and the salesperson doesn't get paid on that. Twenty-five. What's twenty-five percent of fifteen hundred dollars? Don't make me do this. Uh, four hundred and some odd dollars. Okay. So, so, <laughs> four, so, so, so every time he sells a car, he's he's taking four hundred dollars out of your pay. So all you pokes out there, oh, three hundred seventy-five dollars. I was close. Oh, thanks, Rudy. Uh, Rudy did that. Rudy did. In your head. Oh wow! My <laughs> mental math must be a math major. I'm trying to you teach my. Off. I'm trying to teach my eleven. So you car salespeople out there are being taken advantage of, and I think you've got a great, a great class action suit against car dealers that charge dealer fees. Yeah. People don't understand the dealer fee. It is so complicated. There's so many entrenched. levels of yeah. of evil. Been, been around forever. Amazing. My father, who started selling cars in 1937, invented the dealer fee. Well, he may have. <laughs> But he had, his dealer fee was $6.50. $6.50. I came to work for him, and it might have been lower than that. It's about $1,000 in today's, today's money, I right? didn't come to I didn't come to work for him until 1968. I saw the $6.50 dealer fee, and I said, oh, you know, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. It didn't come. So people accept things because everybody does it the same way. So Don and LaBelle, great question. You salespeople out there, think about it. Call a lawyer, class action suit. Your car dealer is taking advantage of you if he does not pay you your percent commission on the dealer fee because legally it is declared profit to the dealer. And look at your car dealers have, should have, a compensation agreement that all of the salespeople have a copy of. It should be clear and obvious what you get paid on, what you don't get paid on. See if they separate the dealer fee as you don't get paid on it. If they don't, I think you've got grounds for a suit. Absolutely. So what do you think you could buy for $6.50 way back in 1968? Uh, oh, what, gosh. What year did you say your dad started? 1937. 37, he had $6.50 dealer fee. Mm-hmm. According to the Dollar Times website, that is the equivalent of $116.64 today. Yeah. yeah. It would have been, been the lowest one in town. Lowest one in town. <laughs> All right. See? There is a streak of good running through us. Absolutely. All right. The next one, uh, this is from uh, a, an anonymous texter in Stuart. It says, good morning. My in-law, who is 94, just leased a car for 36 months, approximately three months ago. Now they have to go to long-term care, unfortunately, and will not be able to drive it. Uh, what is the most economical way of terminating the lease? Thank you, a Stuart residence resident. Well, that's a, that is a sad story, and uh, uh, we get so many calls like that. And you recall the earlier, if you were listening to the show earlier, I believe it was Frank called, and he was talking. It wasn't Frank; it was uh, a Buddy. Buddy called, and he asked me last week about leasing, and we talked about the um, downside of leasing when you're older. Uh, you can become incapacitated, uh, whatever reason you can't drive anymore. Of course, you pass, if you pass away. This is a situation here where a 94-year-old person could not drive anymore and went to long-term care. The sad news is you have a 36-month contract, and you must honor that contract. Uh, the lessor, the lessee, uh, the lessee must honor that contract. If you pass away, your estate must honor the contract. So a 36-month lease you owe 36-month payments. If you're incapacitated, you still have to pay. Uh, If you pass away, your estate has that debt. We get so many comments like this because we're in South Florida. A lot of folks are elderly. And uh, 
unfortunately, a large number of these people encounter this problem. The leasing companies, at least the upscale leasing companies, manufacturing leasing companies in South Florida or all over Florida, uh, encounter this. And some of them are realistic enough not to pursue it in the courts. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't record a judgment, but they will not take it to court. I think they do that because the PR would be so bad taking uh, the estate or uh, an elderly person who was incapacitated to court because they couldn't make their payments. It would be such a horrible human interest story that they say, we won't do this. But they will go after you in terms of they'll write the letter, they'll make the demand, it will go against your credit report, and it's the same thing. So I just say think twice before you lease a car if you're over 65, and uh, talk to your uh, son, daughter, grand, uh, grandkids, uh, relatives. Make arrangements as a contingency. Find somebody that, should you not be able to drive, will agree to take the payments over on your lease. Because otherwise, you are going to be on the hook for a lot of money. If you buy the car, you can take that into consideration with a down payment of the payments you do make. You will have equity. Even if you break even equity, you're able to sell the car and get out of it. You might even make a small profit on the car. You lease, then you're not going to have any equity at all. Okay. <clears throat> the last text we have, and this is a great one here, um, says, Good morning. I had not heard about the Takata airbag fiasco until I became a listener. I went to a dealer in Fort Lauderdale and and almost purchased a Lexus 430. I followed your advice and checked safercar.gov and saw the car was subject to the recall. Didn't buy. Thank you. You may have saved the lives of me and my girlfriend. Patrick. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Safercar.gov. You know, if you haven't written any of our numbers down, if you haven't written anything down, Write that down, please, um, www.safercar.gov, G-O-V. I always forget the gov, G-O-V. It's not org, it's not com, it's not net, it's gov. And that is a website of the National Highway Traffic Safety Association, NHTSA, www.safercar.gov. Um, and Patrick uh, followed up with a second text. He says, <clears throat> by the way, I'm a listener in Tampa, which is really cool. He says, also tell her I'm a lawyer. Not all of us are bad. We <laughs> <laughs> like car dealers. And I, I, you know, I just, I just, as a matter of fact, some of my best friends are lawyers. Yeah. That's supposed oh, to yeah. be funny. Yeah, well, yeah. But you know. <laughs> right, you're, you're the token lawyers. <laughs> well, I, um, I, what, I I'm, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is that, that if you, any lawyer has to get paid for his time. And I always suggest to people, if you're dealing with a business, try to go up the, the ladder to the top guy you can get to or a gal in the business. Uh, owners are best, but if you can get a general, real general manager, somebody up the ladder, and you talk to them, you've got about at least a 50-50, maybe better chance of getting it reconciled, resolved there. If you deal with the lower levels, uh, you're really not getting, you're not going to get it resolved. And if you go to a lawyer, he's going to charge you, uh, probably, now some of them operate on contingency, but even then you could be charged for court costs. So I say exhaust all other reasonable Take it it as far as you're comfortable taking it or capable of taking it, and then get get professional help. Um, I did um, comment to Patrick that 
um, lawyers are ranked much more ethically uh, than car dealers are, um, according to Gallup. So exactly. don't feel too bad. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, we can we can take shots at those guys. You know, when my I just here's I got a confession to make confession of recovering car dealer. Here's another one. One of my reasons for my negative bias toward lawyers is back in the day when I wasn't a good car dealer, and when I would do things uh, that were not ethical or not right, and uh, I would get sued. But they weren't illegal. Uh, and I would fight these in court. And I would, f- I, I, f- I had one, there's a, there's a uh, lawyer out there named Ray Inglesby. And he specializes in suing car dealers. I love Ray. Uh, we love Ray. Ray and I, we're, we're friends now. Today. A great yes. story. I Today. should write a book about that. And Ray sued me many, many it's, times. It's a Lex Luthor Superman story. Exactly. That is, and Ray Anglesby yeah. sued me many, many years ago. And and he won. And then I appealed his con- the, my conviction. At the, and and. And, and I lost the appeal, and then this goes. Now this is years now. Then I appealed the Fourth District Court of Appeal to the Florida Supreme Court, and I won in the Florida Supreme Court. How much money did I spend? How much time did I spend? How much aggravation did I spend? It was about that time that I had my recovery, and I said, <laughs> I'm not going to get sued anymore. If someone thinks that they've been taken advantage of, I'm going to take care of them, and. As my witness, Nancy and Rick yes. and Stu, have we been sued? Yes. Uh, very, very few times. I think like, well, yeah. I mean, in the last 20, since I've been working for you, yeah. four <coughs> times maybe, yeah. three times. Yeah. And so it's just so much better to resolve things at the lower level. I think we have a call. Yeah. And we I got do. a name for your book. Ray and Me. Ah, I love it. Ray and Me by Earl Stewart. <laughs> I just, it rings. Beautiful. Okay, we are going to go to Ken, and uh, he's calling us from Ann Arbor. Wow. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. How are I you? I just texted you. I am fine. I hope everybody is fine over there in Florida. Yes. Great. Excellent. I just texted you a photo of Peeps. Yes. And you're probably wondering, I, I was why do you have that a photo up. of Peeps? So I was very intrigued. I just replied, I'm intrigued. So oh. Ken has sent us a picture of these delicious sugar-encrusted marshmallow candies that are popular on Easter. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh and my, my kids love them. All right. Sorry, Ken. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no problem. And, I mean, Earl was talking about carnuba wax. Mm-hmm. So because of Easter... Everybody has probably millions of leftover peeps. And if you look at the ingredients (laughs) on peeps, you will see that they have food-grade carnuba wax. I'm zooming in now. I'll be darned. Yep. Holy mackerel. And it's it's all peeps. Now, what that means is your colon will have that nice, shiny glow. (laughs) And and your car, actually, you can use this, you know, you get an old beater car. And you rub a peep on it. Take a peep. Yep, rub a peep (laughs) on there. And it's actually cheaper than buying carnivore. I cannot tell you. (laughs) That's the highlight of our show. I love that. Oh, my God. We have got to do a YouTube video testing this. Peeps on a car. Michael Prisoon, (laughs) if you're listening, this is your next project. Yeah. Or we could, and, and so I, I figured you'd know the answer to this. And just as a caution, as a paramedic, uh, two years ago, Oreos came out with uh, Peeps 
that were pink in color, uh, and uh-huh. what happened, peep poop turned red, oh, and my. you can Google this, <laughs> and see, it's, it's there. So be cautious of eating some of the red peeps if you're going for a colonoscopy. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, so, so the, the peeps are, <laughs> it's a soft, delicious marshmallow um, candy, but it's covered with crystalline, crystal sugar. Would that be abrasive to the, the to the finish of the car? Well, you suck the sugar off. Uh, you know, you'd uh. think so, but this is where we have to test this on an inconspicuous <laughs> yeah. Whose car are we going to test this on? <laughs> Not mine. How about how about like an old uh, junker wholesale piece that we're going to get rid of? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it makes me feel good that Canuba wax is uh, edible because <laughs> when we talk about, you know, how good it is, it, you know, it's kind of a bio-friendly thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, I mean, sure. it's not only the best wax, but you can eat it. And plus, when you're so. when you're waxing your car, you expend a lot of energy, you get hungry, so you could just scoop out a handful and, and take a bite. Now, we better snack. research that before someone oh, yeah. tries Wait, it. Don't do that. Yeah. Yes, I please. <laughs> Sorry. Like don't eat Canuba wax. we got to try it. We've got to <laughs> test okay, this. I mean, I, I was at the store when I saw the peeps. The first thing that came to my mind was Earl, Earl Stewart. And, you know, there we go. <laughs> well, I, do you do stand up on the side? No. Yeah, yeah. No, you should. You should. I have a son. My youngest son, Josh, is a natural born comedian, and I keep trying to get him to go out and try some stand up. Ken, you should. You should do some nighttime stand up. You are, You have got a quick wit. <laughs> well, thank you. Now, All right. Well, have a great day. Thank you, Ken. Hey, hey Ken, before you go, do, have yeah. you ever seen what happened? My my daughter actually turned me on. This. She said, what happens when you put a put peeps in the microwave? They oh, get really boy. big. Within they a few big. seconds, they expand out huge, and as soon as the microwave shuts off, they just flop Def- down into deflate. a flat little pile of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. And so mystery shoppers should try that. When <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Ken, we're going to depend on you to call us every week Please. to keep us humored. Please. <laughs> Please. Well, okay, if I'm not traveling, I'll give you a call. Thanks, okay. Ken. All right. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. So long. That's so funny. Yeah, it is. And it's so funny. So I, I get this picture of a shelf with hundreds of peeps on it, and I'm scratching my head going, did my daughter send this to me? <laughs> What's going on there? That Shopping was, list. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was interesting. Very interesting. Hey, yeah. I'm clinging to the 2019 auto issue of Consumer Report, yeah. the April ed- edition. And I want to tell you, there's so much information in here, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll tell you, Earl and I made the best decision when we decide well did we decide i would have my own mystery uh excuse me my own uh consumer report and you'd have your own no you did it on your own you did it no i did it no you did it hey listen ladies and gentlemen in that report (laughs) consumer report on the last page is driving by gender i want to tell you there's a whole lot of information right there for women and men so pick it up a lot of information, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Yeah, I, every time I look at the Consumer Reports, I know people get tired of Nancy and I talking about it, but uh, this is something just came out. We got ours in the mail yesterday. might not even be on the newsstands. It, it's got to be online. Uh, just to remind you all, I didn't know this. Some uh, a caller told us uh, months ago that if you remember – of the library of the uh, of the uh, in Palm Beach Palm County, Beach. whether it's true in Broward and Dade, St. Lucie and Martin, I'm not sure. But in Palm Beach County, if you're if you have a library card, you can go in, use the PCs or Macs or whatever they have in your in your library, and you can access online consumer reports at no charge. You don't even have to buy a subscription, but 
their automotive information is fabulous. Literally, if you use Consumer Reports, you can go all the way. You can buy a used car or a new car, the best one, the safest one, the most reliable one. You don't even need Earl Stewart on cars. You don't need us in this uh, studio. If you use Consumer Reports all the way, you could uh, have a, a great car buying experience and buy the best, safest car. Uh, the other thing about Consumer Reports is they are totally uh, honest. They cannot be bought. There is no chance that they will try to take advantage of you in any way, shape, or form. They are a not-for-profit corporation. I think Nancy said they've been around since 1937. 1936. 1936. Uh, they will not accept advertising. When they buy a product, to, uh, they buy their products. They will not accept a product. In other words, if Chevrolet said, here, check, uh, uh, check this Impala out, here's a free one, they won't accept it. They'll go to a car dealer, a Chevrolet dealer, and buy the Impala. Uh, they will not even allow a beneficiary of their reports. Let's say they gave a really good report to the Honda, you know, whatever, uh, Civic. They would not be able to say, Honda could not say in their advertising that they were recommended by Consumer Reports. They're totally pristine and the way you should get all your information. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to our next caller. And uh, he's calling from Loxahatchee. It's Ed. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, y'all. I was hoping to get a little advice from you on a problem we're having with a vehicle my wife leased. Okay. We uh, leased a 2018 Colorado, and she's having transmission problems at 4,000 miles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She took it back, and the guy said, and I quote, they put a thicker fluid in it, drive it for 2,000 miles, and everything will disappear. Mm. Wow. She came home and told me this. I looked at her. I said, could the guy keep a straight face when he told you this? <laughs> oh, right. And this was a dealer? And they run. They run. Yeah, uh, Schumacher up on Northlake. Wow, that's I shocking. Said they run deck six. It's full synthetic. How you know? There's there is no miracle in the can that I know of because we researched it. They have a bad torque converter in them oh. and bad fluid. Wow, that's shocking. And my question is, if that fluid was bad because they were so quick to pull it out of there, did it not hurt every clutch that's in that transmission? Rick, in my opinion, you should drive to the next closest dealership and start talking with them and say, hey, hey, what's going on here? I want this fixed. Because it sounds to me like somebody is playing around with the blue smoke and mirrors. But what was his question was, is this going to affect other... And I say yes, there's a very good possibility. If there's a problem that the fluid is contaminated, then the moment it starts circulating through the transmission, it's contaminating all the clutch packs and with the tight tolerances in these new transmissions, it's you could have devastation occur. That transmission could come apart, and I would very quickly get to a new dealership before you get stuck alongside the road. And here's okay. a, here's another piece yeah. of advice: uh, you need to go in writing on record uh, with Schumacher uh, Chevrolet. Was this a Chevrolet? Chevrolet yeah. dealer, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and. Email Schumacher and also contact uh, General Motors and give them an email uh, to document the occurrence here because this is so unusual that clearly you were given some 
very bad almost the reason I ask you if you went to the dealer it sounded like you'd gone to some sort of a shade tree <laughs> mechanic that didn't well, know anything about well, cars yeah the best thing was she went home she went the next day and she called them mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's down to well just drive it 200 miles mm-hmm. and then bring it in if it isn't fixed we'll put a new torque converter in it yeah I already told her we want a new transmission because I don't want to get out of warranty and this goes down and we're looking at big money to have it repaired. Yeah, um, yeah, and you could, it's amazing how you can just drop you know eighteen hundred miles off of a repair bill. That uh, it's sad that this still happens in today's age. I mean, yeah. well, go on record that hopefully nothing bad happens to your vehicle, but uh, if something bad happens, it's always good to have the documentation because uh, okay. six weeks from now they're going to say I don't remember having that conversation. Yeah. And uh, when you go on record, <laughs> if they yeah. didn't respond in writing, then you have the upper hand. Okay. Ed, thanks Good so deal. much. That's what we'll do then. Please call back and let us know how this gets resolved. Will do, man. Thank you, man. Thank Bye-bye. you for okay. joining I'll us. I'll let you know if we hear something. Thank you. We look forward to hearing from you. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and don't forget uh, that Earl had a great column this week. Don't get spotted. You can read it in the Hometown News and the Florida Weekly, or you can go to www.earloncars.com uh, and uh, read all of his columns. Ladies, uh, it has been a quiet morning. We've had a few ladies text us. That's fantastic, but I'd like to hear from you. $50. You can use $50 for the first two new lady callers and let me tell you what if i get three i might well feel a bit generous so there you go encouragement give us a call howard welcome to the show good morning i hope you're all feeling well this morning beautiful morning by the way it is fantastic right okay i have a couple of uh statements to make and uh let's see if you agree with me um and uh, I've experienced some of these uh, uh, some of these episodes in uh, dealerships uh, when I'm having service. Um, after thirty thousand miles, uh, I was once asked, uh, "You have to change your brake fluid." Thirty thousand miles, the brake fluid is gone. And what do you say about that, Rick? My opinion: brake fluid is more along the lines of ninety to hundred thousand miles, or I'm going to say five to seven years. Especially in Florida with our humidity, because that's it's the water getting into the fluid, seeping in slowly into the fluid that causes it to break down. But five to seven years, 90 to 100,000 miles. Well, the first thing you should do is check your owner's manual, right? I mean, you're going to have a recommendation in your owner's manual as to whether or not what the frequency of changing brake fluid should be. Uh, generally, they will say that it's not necessarily recommended except as conditions require. So there's your and answer. Yeah, it's, and that would yeah, that's be right. they don't, inspection. They, they don't yeah. recommend changing it. That's the yeah. reason why I'm calling. Uh, okay, yeah. and, uh, here are a couple of other things. Uh, uh, CV joint, they, uh, one service guy told me before I, you know, I met you uh, in New York maybe about 15 years ago, if you, say, if you change one CV joint on one side, you should change the other one too. What do you have to say about that? Mm, again, I would say no. Because the CV axles, it's called a constant velocity axle. It's actually a drive axle. It has a rubber-covered boot on each end of it so that they can 
spin and shift all different directions while the front wheels are turning side to side as well. And unless those boots have broken or started to leak grease out of them, and that lets dirt get inside the, the axle joint itself, then there would be no need to ever replace them. As long, unless they're making noise, they don't need to be replaced. Okay, does Toyota use the silicone uh, brake fluid? No, Toyota uses DOT3 brake fluid, uh, DOT level 3 trans, uh, brake fluid. Uh, silicone is actually, I believe, a DOT5, and that's not recommended by Toyota at all. Okay, that's uh, one thing I thought that uh, silicone would be better for, bre uh, for using silicone brake, brake fluid. Okay, uh, my next to the last question. When should you uh, you should when should you change the transmission uh, filter and oil? Well, that's again vehicle specific, but Toyota actually right now does not recommend a maintenance schedule for any transmission, except for if you're towing or under very heavy circumstances, then they might say, okay, the fluid should be flushed and changed out about every hundred and twenty thousand miles. But Toyota transmissions don't actually have a filter. They just have a screen in there. So really all you're doing is just changing the fluid. There's no, no actual filter to change out. At one time, there used to be a, a, a bolt in the transmission. You take it out and you get all the, the uh, uh, fluid out. Do you remember those, those days? Uh, you could drain the transmission by taking that uh, bolt out. But I guess uh, modern cars don't have that uh, facility, uh, feature. Is that correct? Well, the older ones, when you pulled that drain plug, it would drain about a third of the fluid that's in the transmission. And we would just call that a drain and refill where we change only about a third of the fluid. And now they have specialized machines that hook up in the cooler lines, and it flushes 100% of the fluid out, puts in all brand new fluid, but beware of the bolts that are on the bottom of a lot of the transmissions because there's what's called an overflow plug. And if you pull that out at the wrong time, it'll change the level of fluid in the transmission. I'll be real careful about that. Yeah, and if, if the transmission fluid level is off by as much as a pint or even less, it can actually affect the way that transmission operates. Wow. Okay, one last question. Uh, uh, you have a uh, let's say a Lexus. Can you service it in a Toyota dealership? And uh, what would be the difference in prices with the uh, service? I, I'll answer that one because it's one of my favorite subjects. If you have a luxury car, look for the affiliate of the non-luxury and the manufacturer. If you have an Infiniti, you want to go to a Nissan dealer. If you have an Acura, you want to go to a Honda dealer. If you have a Cadillac, you want to go to a Chevrolet dealer. And with a Lexus, you go to a Toyota dealer. Uh, the prices are about half. You wouldn't believe what the luxury dealers jack the prices up. Oil changes are off the chart, and they just take advantage of you. It's like uh, the Ritz-Carlton versus the Econo Lodge. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, you, you get a bed and you get a TV set. Uh, they, they, you don't get the uh, caviar and champagne, but you're getting your oil changed, so why pay twice as much? So why don't you advertise like all Lexus owners, please come to our dealership. I don't think that would, that would be nice. So, we, did, we did that, as a matter of fact. And uh, funny you should mention that because I got a letter from the general counsel of Lexus telling me to cease and desist. <laughs> I get a lot of letters <laughs> like that. I almost forgot. I got a letter from Jeff Bezos telling me to yeah. uh, cease and desist. That's right. I get a lot of letters like that. But, uh, okay, my last question. This is definitely my last question. 
if you compare a uh, uh, Lexus 350 to a uh, Camry six-cylinder, what would be the difference? The skin. It's uh, it's all cosmetic. You know, it gets bells and whistles. Bells yeah. and whistles, stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, the it's, it's the nameplate is what sells the Lexus, and they have some unique models. But uh, many of the luxury model cars, I mean, for example, you look at the Escalade and you look at the Suburban, they're the same vehicle. So you got the Cadillac, and say so you pay an extra ten thousand for that, you can buy a Suburban and save ten thousand dollars. Same thing with all the luxury cars versus the equivalent in the lower price spread. Yeah, you you uh, the luxury cars will sometimes try out some of the new uh, technology and bells yeah. and whistles first. Yeah. Give it a couple of years, and then the uh, then the uh, the middle class version. Uh, we'll get it, and sometimes they'll use you know the materials might be like they might use real wood and, and the Lexus and, and a plastic finish piece yeah. in the Toyota. It's kind of like uh, guitars. Well, there's a Fender is the is the luxury brand, Squire is the is the economy brand, but you, they they sound the same when you play them. That's great. Okay, thanks for the information. I appreciate that. Have a good day. Thanks Thank for you. being a regular caller. Uh, we have a lady caller. About time. And she is calling from, I believe it's Monticello, mm, Minnesota. 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 Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Very good. Thank you. Is we it have cold a, there? a boatload of snow <laughs> and then more. We have probably over a foot now. We just got six inches yesterday or four inches. It's 82 and sunny it's amazing. here. Rub it in. Elizabeth, oh, we're going to warm your heart up uh, by uh, giving you $50 for being the first female caller. So you stay yeah. on the line and uh, give Rudy your information. I'll get the check out to you. Thank you for calling Earl Stewart on Cars. Thank what you. can we do for you? Okay. Um, I was wondering, and they told me at the time of purchase, we have a 19, um, I mean a 2019 Equinox Chevy, and they said at the time of purchase that it will turn off at a stoplight and it will save on gas. Now, do you have a different answer than that? No, that, there are a number of manufacturers that use that feature, and uh, it's controversial. I think some manufacturers have gone to it and then stopped it because uh, it will save you some gas, but it is uh, can be an annoyance. And depending on your yeah. temperament and your mindset, I, for example, uh, when the light changes, I like to move off quickly. Nancy will testify to that because <coughs> it usually snaps her neck back when I do it. But... Uh, uh, it is a gas saver, but you just have to, how far do you want to go to save on gasoline? You know, I, if you follow the rules that some people will give you, it is maddening for me to drive that way. You know, and you see, you anticipate, you come to a stop sign or a stoplight, you know, like you're half a mile away and you start to slow down. Well, if I'm behind you and you're half a mile away from the stoplight and you're slowing down, I'm unhappy. I might blow my horn at you. So uh, I don't like that feature. Rick has got a comment. Um, one thing you might want to investigate on that, because I know on the Toyota Highlander that had that start-stop technology, which is what you're describing, there is a the a special battery and starter that is required for this vehicle, and they have an actual time, a maintenance schedule, 
when they must be replaced and they are quite expensive. So the Chevy Equinox may have the same thing and that price of that alone may make it cost way more than any fuel savings that you'll ever achieve. Oh. Well, you got Nancy, it. Nancy, are you there? Yes. Did your husband provide a neck brace for you? <laughs> I did. What did you say? Neck brace. Well, I, I, the neck brace I gave you, the pink one, remember? I said you can wear this <laughs> when <Yeah>. I'm driving. <laughs> He's a funny guy. He can go from zero to 100. Um, he doesn't need to buy the Tesla. He can do that in probably about 30 seconds. And uh, he's been doing it for a long time, so I'm seasoned. Uh, <laughs> and I definitely don't need, a, <laughs> I don't need a neck brace. I just use my fist, and uh, I get his attention, and he just brings it down a notch. <laughs> Did you guys post that picture of Earl giving you the Heimlich? <laughs> on your Facebook page? No, we didn't. Uh, we got we, yeah, we got to put it up there. <laughs> Michael didn't. Uh, he didn't uh, give send it over to me. All right, I think I can find it. Oh, good. Yeah, that our listeners be have funny. to see that. He almost crushed my ribs. I'm a little bit smaller. Oh than Earl. my goodness! <laughs> well, I we have a, a wicked finger flick that uh, can leave a bruise, so I have to be very <laughs> just hmm. very selective as to when that is the appropriate time to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the question. <laughs> thank you, Elizabeth. Stay on the line and give uh, Rudy your contact information in the control room, and uh, Nancy will get that $50 check out to you, ASAP. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank thank you, you. for making us all laugh here in the studio. And thanks for being part of the show. And and thank you for helping us build this platform that we need to build so badly for females. Oh, sure. We, we hope so we... Is my time up then? No. If you you keep on talking, we love talking to women. Do you have any other okay. uh, comments about... Well, am, I, am, I, am I being aired? Oh, you're yes. You're, you're live. You're live on radio. 20,000 people and are listening to you. And you sound great. You sound great, by the way. <laughs> You got a beautiful radio voice. Okay, um, so this could be a no-brainer answer. I mean, it's easy enough for me to figure out what I think is going on, but I don't know for sure. So when the car is in the garage, it's off, and I open the door, and then I close the door. There's the clicking sound, and it clicks for a while. Uh, a while that's kind of subjective isn't it a little bit i don't know i haven't timed it but what okay my my uneducated answer is it's just resetting the computers well rick might have the answer uh elizabeth what type of car is this equinox I is this the the equinox you have yes it's the new one okay um if anything, I would have to guess that it may be resetting the AC controls, possibly, or resetting what's known as the evaporative emission system. Um, the, the evaporative emission system is set up to where when you shut the car off, several hours later, it's supposed to run a diagnostic check of itself. So it may be resetting some solenoids before that actually activates. And one other thing that most of the cars will do is nowadays, because of how tight the tolerances are in the air conditioning box, 
it'll actually reopen various doors and blend doors to try to circulate air so that you don't get mold or mildew growing up in that air conditioning box. And Elizabeth, what I'd do if I were you, I'd take it to the dealer and I would get in the car with a technician. I'd be sure you ask the technician to ride with you and then try to simulate and have that uh, reenacted so that they can uh, listen to it uh, and see if it is, is Rick described or maybe it's something that you don't need to worry about. might be something that needs to be fixed. Okay. All right. Elizabeth, do you have any other questions? Well, I do have one more. But, okay. Uh, is that all right? Yes, that's fine. All right. Thank you. Um, can cars be turned off by satellite? Well, yes, they can. I mean, I don't know that they're that they are using that technology now, but uh, you can turn a car on and off with uh, any sort of uh, electronic signal, uh, wireless signals. And uh, yeah. my uh, my car, I can start it. I can I can uh, unlock it. I can lock it. I could do a lot of things just with my iPhone. So a satellite is just a vehicle, uh, a means to transmit uh, radiation or electronic beams. Uh, whatever you want to call it, but sure, you can uh, start a car. Microwave. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, some kinds of uh, car dealers, uh, we call them the buy here, pay here, is that they do the, the uh, special financing uh, for people who need help with the credit. Um, they install uh, engine immobilizers um, that they can disable your car remotely if you didn't make your car payment. And that's a real thing that's oh actually... Oh, my be, goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, most of those do have safety features. Right. It's not when you're driving. They, they can't <laughs> shut it down while you're driving. It only prevents the car from restarting once you've parked somewhere. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate your call, and we appreciate it especially because you're a woman, and we're trying to get more female callers, and even more because you're from Minnesota, and we like to reach out around the whole country. And if you could uh, please call us again, we would really appreciate that. All right. If I can come up with some other questions, hopefully today's were good ones. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Other they're, they're enjoy great. your weather. That's right. Oh, we'll talk you. to you next week. Thank okay, you so much. Here comes Rudy and give her give him your contact information. Any question is a great question. Yeah. Uh, we have a mystery shopping report to get to, and uh, that it's uh, mystery shop comes to to uh, us from uh, Napleton, uh, and I want to just want to remind uh, all of you that uh, you can vote on the mystery shopping report uh, by uh, texting us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and I believe that Stu has some texts to follow up on. Yes, we have three. We'll get through them quick because we have an incredible mystery shopping report coming up, which I like to call the MSR. Sorry. Anyway, uh, this comes in and says, uh, no name on this one. It's very frustrating trying to watch your live Facebook video. I w watch live videos all the time, and none of them have the issues you have. What are you doing to fix this? Well, funny you should ask. Uh, this has brought me and everybody in this room and the next room to their knees yes. uh, for weeks and weeks. Yes. And... Uh, we, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, it has been a complex problem. We had the owner of this station 
in the studio today, and he has observed the phenomenon, and it is, you're absolutely accurate, we're having a, a bandwidth issue where we cannot give a proper resolution on our Facebook transmission or our YouTube transmission, but we now have a solution, and we are moving into a brand new studio. State of the art. State of the art, May 1st. This state of the art new studio on May 1st will accommodate. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> where, where do these people come from? I'm yeah. telling you. And I, Hi. I, Rudy's I, in charge of crowd control. Right. I apologize <laughs> to all of you who have been so patient, and it has really been frustrating. <laughs> and it's a lot more complex than I realize. Yes. And I used to get mad at Comcast. I've said terrible things about Comcast. I don't take back any of those things I said no. because <laughs> I don't like Comcast. They're still bad. But, but it, I don't think it was their fault. Uh, we have a technological uh, solution, and uh, as I say, the guy that owns this place has said it will happen, and he's spending a lot of money, investing a lot of money in a brand new studio for everybody. Rudy and everybody yeah. will be happy, and we'll all be happy, Jonathan, and this phenomenon will be... And remember, you heard it here on May 1st. Yeah, yep. um, we got some great things coming, ladies and gentlemen, so bear with us. And for what it's worth, uh, the feed is live right now. They did some adjustments, and Jonathan has got this thing humming right now. So <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but we're live right now. Okay, the next one. Uh, the new Toyota Supra is coming out. This car is a legend, and a lot of people are waiting to get one. <clears throat> there are already rumors online that Toyota dealers will sell these for thousands over MSRP. Is this true? And how will you, Earl, justify doing this given your proclaimed ethical standards? Uh, what we do, and again, I, when, when I'm forced to talk about my dealership, I do. Uh, it wouldn't be unfair if I were to you know, uh, you know, take a pass and just not answer a question like that. Uh, when we have a high demand, low supply car, it happened back in 2001 with the Prius, when there were only one Prius allocated per dealer. Uh, we sold that at manufacturer's suggested retail. Selling a car at sticker price, MSRP, not dealer list, but manufacturer's suggested retail, the Benoni label, is a very nice profit to the dealer. So we make a very nice profit, we think, when we have a high demand, low supply car. That's what we will do with a new Toyota Supra. We will take orders and we will take deposits, refundable. Uh, all the other dealers will mark them up, thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, some dealers will even auction them off. That's what happened with Prius. Toyota dealers were auctioning Prius and, as and well. And science. And science. Yeah. So you can argue that's okay. It's the marketplace, the free marketplace, supply and demand. Um, price gouging. We don't like it. It's price gouging. I call yeah. it, you know. Uh, at any rate, that's the answer to the question. Uh, don't pay an addendum over MSRP. Uh, if you can, if you can help it, wait for the for the car to cool off. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you've got plenty of money and you don't care what it costs and you want to have the first super on the block, just go into the first Toyota dealer you find and pay the asking price, and you'll have the first. You know what the first Toyota on the block cost? Uh, who was it? Uh, John Stalupi. John Stalupi. The very first Supra. Yeah, he paid two and a half million. Two point one million. Two point one oh. million. Yeah. For the super, for super. Yeah, and I hope it'll give you some idea of what the addendum label might be. <laughs> exactly. Be careful out there, folks. Be careful. Um, but but wait, is it really worth spending ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand over sticker just to be the first one to get it? If you got too much money, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess. Okay, the last one, and then we'll get to the mystery shopping we report. Got, Rick has got another. Oh yeah, Rick's got another one too. Uh, Johnny from Riviera Beach asks, "Do your salespeople have a quota on how many cars they should sell every month?" I know of a dealer that has a minimum of nine cars a salesman should sell a month. A salesman sold eight cars, but they only paid him for six because he didn't sell the minimum of nine. Now that is really taking advantage of salespeople. We do have a minimum. It's ten. Mm-hmm. And it uh, used to be eight. Eight. I think before. Actually, it was actually used to be seven, then it was raised to eight, yeah. now it's ten. So we, it isn't like you have to sell ten cars this month, but you have to average ten cars over a 90-day period. Right. And... Uh, um, but if they only sell one car, they're paid for one car. If they sell eight, paid for, yeah, yeah, we, we don't get, do we don't do that. You get paid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we just what we do is we have a uh, um, that minimum standard. And, and by the way, um, we don't want them to sell just that you know just ten. That's the minimum. Yeah. yeah, and we just basically it's something that allows us to counsel with them and say well, you have to have a um, you have to have a, a number out there. What you say with the, for, for the expectations? Yeah. yeah. Rick, you've got a text. Yeah, uh, M Avenue. On YouTube is asking any thoughts on cars sold by rental agencies like Enterprise. I always thought it was a bad move to buy a former rental car, and that it would hurt resale value. Is this a legitimate concern? And he also puts a later post on it saying uh, he likes the idea of not haggling on their prices because a lot of those are a simple one straight price, no haggle whatsoever. No, Enterprise takes good care of their cars, so do most of the rental companies. I know what you're talking about. Back in the day, a far higher car was it appeared on the title, treated a, a rental car like it did a police car uh, or something like that. Police cars that put you know hundreds of thousands of miles on the car, and they go chasing people at 120 miles an hour and all that kind of stuff. That's not a rental car. Rental cars take very good care of their cars and rental car companies, and they also uh, they also uh, uh, have one price. They don't do the haggle thing. I like that, and I think Enterprise would be a good place to buy a car. Uh, by the way, Car CarMax uh, has one price also, and I believe Carvana has one price. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, newer, and I believe AutoNation has gone one price on used cars. Mm-hmm. We haven't shopped. Oh, yeah, we did shop them, and they are one price. But uh, rental cars are fine to buy. They're they're taken well, good care of, and they're usually a good purchase as well as a lease car. Okay. I think we've got all that out of the way. We can yep. go to our mystery shopping report. And as you said, Stu, it was uh, interesting. A humdinger. A humdinger. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mystery shop of Napleton. North Lake Kia. We have a special treat for our listeners this week, a good old-fashioned Napleton mystery shop. We've probably shopped Napleton dealerships more than any other. I couldn't give you an exact number, but I'm guessing a dozen. We keep going back because they're so good at being bad. I like that. Mm-hmm. Stu wrote that line yes, I did. for me. That's by Rihanna. And the words, <laughs> and he wrote this too, I like this too, and the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> I loved that part. Wow. I, like that. I loved it. Wait, but we, the great use of adjectives. <laughs> I'm going to read that. I'm going to read please all that again because this is very good. It's deserving. In the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> okay, uh, that's taken a little far. He says, I don't think so. But the truth is, they hold <laughs> no. more spots in Napleton hold more spots on our do-not-recommend list than any other car dealer we've mystery shopped. Uh, Ed Napleton, 
lives in Palm Beach. Uh, I guess you could say it's a family operation, uh, but they just don't. They just don't cut it. They just don't get it. It's been a while since we've uh, paid a visit to Napleton dealership, and that's because our former chief mystery shopper, Agent X, who is now in Kansas City, was becoming too well known. He'd been burned, as they mm -hmm. say, That's right. in the spy trade. Burn notice. That was the biggest drawback of having a seasoned, talented agent. We had to keep expanding our target radius to avoid Agent X being unmasked. I mean, we were sending them to Pensacola. Right. <laughs> he still wants to do one um, out in Kansas City. Kansas City, so, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's been a while since we paid a visit. Oh, that's right. Just keep my, my, my mic was sagging. Uh, it's been a while, uh, okay. The strategy allows us to investigate more dealerships over a larger area, but we were forced to ignore many of the repeat offenders. The arrival of Agent Thunder on the scene has let us go back and recheck the Napletons and the Grecos of our listing area. I never pronounce it's Greco, I think isn't it's it? Greco, yeah. Greco, yeah. Uh, I say Greco like gecko, like the lizard. Yeah, see, that's gecko. A, a good way to remember. Greco, like the lizard, gecko, okay. Without fear of losing... Uh, fear of being found out. <coughs> With a shrift and did you hit your cough button? Hey, we have did cough buttons. Uh, look at this. If I cough, <coughs> you don't hear me. You didn't cough. Yeah, didn't cough. Uh, where am I here? Okay. With shift and strategy side on, we selected Napleton North Kia or North Lake Boulevard in Palm Beach Gardens. Napleton's website was promoting a lease deal on a new 2019 Kia Soul with a track payment of just $139 per month. The, there was large print disclosure right below the payment that indicated it was 39 months lease and a $2,999 due at signing. That was in the larger fine print. It also indicated that the first payment was not included. This is not a typical condition of lease head and would add another 139 plus tax to the total amount the customer would have to come up with its signing. Yeah, I've never seen that before. No. No. Usually when you have a lease payment and you sign the contract, that includes your first payment. Yeah. So no consistency and you really have to read all the fine print and it's virtually impossible. We had to do a screenshot. Can, can to, you read that right to, there? To read that. I can't. I'm I, looking I, at I can't either. No, I can't. No. Can't even come close. Uh, I tried it uh, a couple times. You got to blow it up. Yeah. Uh, below that disclosure was a fine print. It's hard to read. And the ad was on a moving carousel of offers as you look at the screen. So we took a screenshot and we got a better look and we were able to blow it up and finally get to the full disclosure. Disclosure indicated the payment uh, does not include sales tax, title tag, $899 dealer fee, and a $199 dock processing fee. We saw the mileage allowed per year was just $10,000. Uh, there was something else, another fee, wasn't there? I thought there were three fees. There was, but we didn't discover those until later. Oh, we discovered it later. So yeah. there's three dealer fees. Remember, folks, dealer fee is a generic term. In this case here, Napleton called it a dealer fee, in my opinion, to make people think, oh, there's the dealer fee. So that's all disclosed. But he had two more fees that are dealer fee uh, that he didn't disclose. 
Uh, the disclosure also stated the overmileage was 20 cents per mile. A 740 beacon score was required to get that payment. The dealer was wasn't responsible if they made any typographical errors. Choked on that one, uh, which is standard. Fine print. And finally, that the offer expired the day before the ad ran, which is ludicrous. But they just didn't change their website. I've seen newspaper ads where it expired months ago. Right, the year before. They just don't read their own fine print. Uh, in the past, when responding to an ad like this, our mystery shoppers were never given the payment in the ad. We were about to find out if anything had changed. Here comes Agent Thunder, Operation Report, speaking as if I am Agent Thunder. I arrived at Naples, North Lake Kia, 1 p.m., parked, entered the small but very modern and clean showroom, relatively new dealership. Uh, he'd been across the street, built a new one, and this looks real nice. They had a beautiful reception desk with a dramatic glossy red backdrop. Uh, we took a picture of it, I'm looking at it now, but no receptionist. So I looked around, saw a man in a white shirt and tie. He approached me with a welcome smile. He approached, he introduced himself. We're going to use a different name now. We're going to call him Jerry. Uh, we elected not to use the real salesperson's name because we feel by doing so, we may jeopardize his employment. Now you'll see what I mean later as we go into the report. Jerry, not his name, offered to get me a drink of coffee or water, invited me to sit down at a desk to talk about what I was looking for. We made small talk before the conversation turned as to why I was there. We just tuned in. We're talking about Napleton Kia on North Lake Boulevard in North Palm Beach. I told Jerry I had seen the lease offer on the 2019 Kia Soul. He acknowledged and said, uh, and and I said, and I was asked if, if I, he asked me if I'd driven one. I said I had, and he suggested that we find a car, take it for a test drive. Jerry got the keys and tag first. We walked out to the car. He gave an impressive presentation of the features on the sole, then offered me the keys and suggested we take it for a ride. We had a very interesting conversation along the way. Jerry said he was disappointed with the state of the car business. Now, this is kind of unusual that a salesman would say this. Now, we've seen it more often than you'd think, but it's still unusual. And he felt it had to modernize uh, the way cars are sold to risk going the way of Blockbuster. Uh, kind of strange. He singled out his dealership specifically and described his managers as the type of typical bloodthirsty wolves consumers fear. It's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. And... We've, as I say, we've seen this before, but not quite this obvious. I was amazed at his candor. I asked him what he thought needed to change, and he said all the dealership processes need to change from negotiation and commissions to F&I. He said he thought about leaving the business a lot, but had managed to keep going by watching out for his customers and protecting them from the worst of his bosses. Now, we've seen this before, and I've seen dealers that we wouldn't recommend, but we had car salespeople there that took good care of the people that visited. There was one in Delray, and this was years ago. It was a General Motors dealership, and uh, he had a big following. Mm -hmm. They would only deal with a salesperson. So salespeople sometimes have to make their own little niche and survive within the, the hell with, mm -hmm. that they work with. 
However, he said he would do his best to get his boss. I think he, he skipped something. Oh, I skipped the paragraph. We returned to the dealership, sat down at the same desk as before. Jerry pulled up the ad on his computer screen, zoomed in on the fine print. He told me that it will never be $339 per month lease, even with perfect credit. He said it was just a number to get me in. Now, we've heard that. We've heard that. We've yeah. heard that phrase before. However, he said he would do his best to get his boss to get him some good numbers for me, and he left to wait, left me to wait at the desk. I waited for a pretty long time, maybe 15 minutes. Jerry came back. He apologized, said the computers were slow, and then went back to the manager again. Another 15-minute wait. Jerry returned. He had a buyer's order with payments printed on it, along with an itemization of taxes and fees. Before he reviewed it, he said that he wanted me to understand that it wasn't going to be as good as he had. But he had done his best to get his manager to be as fair as possible. The figures on the buyer's order were nothing short of astonishing, meaning high. The base sale price was MSRP, $19,365. Uh, they added $1,960 for something called Napleton VIP Experience. I learned later that this was an assortment of so-called benefits, like unlimited Carfax reports. That's worthless. Mm. Uh, snacks. <laughs> That's laughable. And complimentary loaners for warranty services, which are which is provided by the manufacturer. Yeah. Now there were a few other things in there. I think yeah. they had like some kind of like roadside assistance yeah. within five. Yeah. You know, yeah. but yeah. still. But it's it's worthless. It's I not mean, worth nine. Virtually, virtually worthless. I asked Jerry about it. He said it was basically worthless. Yeah. The add-ons uh, kept coming. Okay, here we go. There was the 899 dealer fee, which they had in the original disclosure. 129 e-tag filing fee, which they did not have. Right. A $149 private tag agency fee, which they did not have. And a 199 documentation fee, which they did not have. We're breaking the law. We're doing something illegal. How can they get so many tag fees when we only got one tag on the car? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. When you have a vivid imagination, <laughs> they could be a lollipop Great fee. Question. Right. The state of Florida doesn't require you could have a pee pee fee. Or the peeps fee for peeps for, fee, for, yeah. for wax. You could have <laughs> any kind of fee. So that's what we have here. You add those all together, you have one thousand $376 in hidden profit to the dealer. And only a few of those were disclosed, and none of them oh, you got more were than included. That. You yeah. got three, th you, got, you got, forget about the VIP experience. Yeah, VIP experience go. comes yeah. on a different, that's, that's yeah. a addendum. You get something. Yeah, but yeah. yeah the $1,960, you can add that to the 1376 and you spell outrage. You, you spell ridiculous. $3,336 over sticker. Yeah. Jerry said he could keep me in the mid-twos. <laughs> 139 is where we're looking. He can keep me in the mid-twos with $4,500 down. Remember, the ad was 139 per month with $29.99 down. I said, Jerry, you've been nice, but i got to leave. He asked me to stay. said he'd go get the manager. I waited again. Ten minutes later, Jerry appeared. I can get you to $202 tax included, he said, with $4,500 down. I wanted to get out of there so badly, speaking as Agent Thunder, so I agreed to this terrible deal verbally. 
I made up a story about meeting my wife, coming back after dinner. Jerry gave me the buyer's order, and I left. We got pictures of the buyer's order mm-hmm. for you. Here's the epilogue. If the mission was to determine whether Napoleon had gotten any better since the days of Agent X, the conclusion can be summed up in a single word, no. That's the bottom line. One of the worst shopping reports we've seen and proof that Napleton is still in the timeout corner. Uh, they just take advantage of their customers. And they're breaking laws. Uh, the Florida franchise, the Florida franchise, the Florida dealer fee law, the statute says that you have to include the dealer fee and the advertised price. The advertised price didn't include any of the dealer fees. They did segregate one dealer fee in the fine print, and you didn't find out about the rest until you came in. And there was a lot of subterfuge. The salesperson could have been legitimate in saying that he hated working there. But the more I think about it, the more I wonder uh, whether it was just a ruse to align himself with the customer being the shopper. So we've got a vote. I uh, I think the vote is obvious. I don't yeah. want to prejudice anybody, but uh, Sue, do we have any online votes yet? One, two, we have four. They're all Fs, Dean F, Donna F, Ed F, Neil F. And um, our, the live Facebook feed's down, so I'm not seeing anything coming from there. But it sounds pretty unanimous. And I want to chime in with my thoughts and my grade. Um, I'm giving them an F, a big fat F. Um, our shopper, Agent Thunder, um, really liked Jerry, the salesperson, not his real name. And he thought he was earnest. This was his impression. I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly. It kind of feels to me it's possible he was uh, playing both sides. Uh, he said he was going to work to give him the best and the fairest deal possible, but he came back with a $3,000 over-sticker deal and a $1,500 more down payment than uh, the ad said. It does, I don't know how earnest he was. Maybe he was naive, but um, I'm failing him. Well, let's call him and offer him a job. We'll interview him. And uh, we'll see if, uh, for ourselves uh, if he really wants to uh, work honestly uh, or if it was just, you know, if, if, if he refused to talk, uh, then... Uh, if we hire him, I'll watch him very closely. Well, you'd have to, get, you'd have to do a thorough investigation and get uh, references and things like that. Uh, Nancy, what is your there's take so much, on this? There's so much here to speculate on, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm just not going to do that. You know, maybe, but, if, whatever. Uh, the the dealership should be closed down, and everybody in it should be arrested. I give them an F. Hmm. Harsh. Rick? Well, I've got four online votes from YouTube for F all the way across oh, the board. Didn't know we are on YouTube. Wow. And uh, Mr. Han says, Agent Thunder rolled. And Frank asks, how about a fee administration fee? Someone who has to keep track of all those fees. Well, they got that too. Yeah. And not Napleton, but that's one of the favorite names for dealer fees is administrative fee. Yep. And Frank also asks, he, or states, he says he felt it was a good cop, bad cop routine. Yes. That's uh-huh. so my suspicion. I'm, I'm falling in line with that. I, I kind of agree with him, and I'm my own personal is an F. Well, we're going to try to find out uh, about uh, Jerry, who's the, the uh, name we gave to the real salesperson, and we'll find out. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm blaming salespeople because I think people have to make a living, and 
car dealers employ lots of people. Mm-hmm. Without car dealers, if there's one thing you can say good about car dealers, is car dealers employ thousands, tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's uh, something like what, uh, how many car dealers? We can Google this. Uh, it's got to be 15, 20,000. Car dealers like fourteen hundred Toyota dealers, and yeah, you know, so. and and each one average is probably fifty to sixty employees. Um, our dealership has one hundred and sixty or one hundred and eighty employees. Yeah, so we do apply, we do supply a lot of employment. And when people sell cars, they're feeding their families themselves. Uh, jobs are important. So when you work for such a, a large retail organization. You just can't go to work for anybody to sell anything you want. You can say, well, you can go to work for, uh, you know, pennies, or you can go to work for Belks, or if they're still in business, you go to work for Macy's. Uh, you can't go to work anywhere you want to, and car dealers hire a lot of people. So you have to play the game. And some people are forced into that position. And I know some of them are legitimate. But the one that's really to blame is the guys in charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where... That's where it falls, and I think Napleton, I think he's got to know what's going on. I, I think he does. So uh, I give him an F, and we fail another Napleton store. Yeah, we don't have to do anything. They're yeah. already on the do not recommend yeah. list. So. Yeah. So, Ted, if you're listening, you don't have to do anything. We're going to uh, – I'm going to talk about something else now. I think we got a little bit of time. Uh, our blog that we had uh, was uh, Don't Be Spotted. And Nancy alluded to that earlier. Uh, it's uh, it's a, a story about uh, what happens when they try to make you take the car right away. Here's a picture, a cute little picture of a Dalmatian. Uh, and uh, when you come in to buy a car, most car dealers will do your best, do their best to get you to take the car home that night. Uh, it's a ruse. You should never take a car home the night you go into a car dealership. You should be sure that the car is prepared, the car is financed, your your financing has been approved, or you've got you've gotten your own approval, or they've gotten approval for you. All the I's dotted, the T's crossed, all the accessories installed, if, washed. If they're requiring you to bring in things like proof of income or residents, yes. have that with yeah. you that night. Everything taken care of. You also should be sure you know how to operate all the bells and whistles on the car. The reason they want you to take the car is so they can have you take it home, think you bought it, tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, brag about it, what a good deal you got. You got finance, you got great credit, everything's fine. And then three weeks later you get a call and they say, bring your car back in, we have to recontract you. What made me say this is I had a call from a customer in uh, Martin County who bought a truck from a new car dealer. I'm not going to name the dealer. Uh, You know him. I know him. I'm not going to name the dealer because all I have is a conversation on the phone about this. But it's so typical, I know it happens all the time. Customer had to take the call back. They changed the interest rate from 5% to 8% or 9% raised the total cost of the car by thousands of dollars. Then she said, I don't want, I can't afford it. And then she said, I want my car back. I want my trade-in back. They said, we can't find your trade-in. Wouldn't give her her trade-in back. And she went home again. Uh, They called me. I told her, I hate to recommend a lawyer, but you call a lawyer, they're breaking the law. 
and you tell them that Earl Stewart said they're breaking the law, and and I so told them to call a lawyer if they don't refund your money and get your trade-in back. <laughs> I haven't heard back from that person. If I do, I'll let you know what happened. But don't get spotted. Don't take a car the same day. Be sure everything is taken care of before you take that car home yeah. because it gives them a good argument that you bought the car. Yeah, get some leverage. What a story. That's a sad situation. We hope we hear back from her. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we do enjoy your company. Uh, stay tuned next week, Saturday morning. We'll be right here at 8 a.m. Have a great weekend. Thank you.